It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. Saturday edition of Vandal here on VEASAN DraftKings Network. Matt Brown and Mike Samich coming to you in our new old time. It's our old time, but it's our new time yet again. Back at 9 Pacific, going till noon Pacific each and every Saturday and Sunday. Mike, how you feeling about coming back to the mornings, doing a whole bunch of preview about stuff that we haven't really talked about for the last six months? I'm excited. We get to dive back into college basketball. Huge 144-game slate. I know you're pumped because we get to talk a little bit more about golf. We got the Genesis Open. We got some UFC today. And we got a little NASCAR action tomorrow, too, Matt. A little bit of everything here with the morning shows. Rocking and rolling here on the handle. And guys, we are now moving up in the day. So this is our normal time slot. I know we were sitting here a couple of different days leading into the playoffs and whatnot. But this is where we will be, at least for the foreseeable future. So if you're looking for the handle... If you need some of that sandwich in your life, come on and head here. It's going to be our regular time slot here for the foreseeable future. So good to be good to be back on mornings, Mike. Listen, the alarm goes off and it's not one of those like alarm goes off and you wonder what you're going to do for the next couple of hours. It's like alarm goes off. You got to get rocking and rolling. You got to get ready. You got to get pumped up. You got to get that caffeine running through your veins. I, I had coffee for the first time before the show in a long time this morning. You know, was up, I'm not a morning person, but I was up at 630 getting prepped, getting excited for this uh, little little football anxiety there where I don't have any games to be excited to watch. But like I said, we've got some bangers in college basketball. Can't wait to get to that. We've got the NBA uh, all-star game tomorrow as well, as well as the three point shooting contest tonight. So not quite in the doldrums of the summer yet. Still a ton going on in the sports world. Yeah, I will say it was odd waking up this morning to no football for the foreseeable future as well. That was a thing that it was an adjustment in my life, which was man, Where's the football? What are we looking forward to from a football standpoint, from a football aspect? And, you know, listen, we'll we'll still talk a ton of those markets are still popping up all over the place. But at the end of the day, without having any football, without having any stuff, if people didn't tune in last week, Super Bowl real quick, you know, from our aspect, Mike, I mean, we we fortunately were on the right side, fortunately on the right side of the total as well. Props kind of up and down when it all, you know, came down to it. I kind of graded out all of my stuff and it was like, eh, what, what, what am I doing? You know, it's, it's just like you, you make all these props and you go at the end of the day, you're going, oh, great. I did all that to like, you know, win a cheeseburger or something. But it's it was fun. It was a good game and, and certainly something that when we go back and look, I'll, I'll, I'll try to learn from. I'll try to say like, you know, listen, I get it. We have two weeks leading into the game. We want to fire on all these props. We want to get going with all of these. Like, I don't know if I need to make 17 bets. You know, I, I don't know if that's something it, we're kind of get caught up in that because that's where we are. That's our industry. That's what we do. And then you have two weeks leading into a game and everyone wants to talk about, hey, are you on this? Are you on this? Or what side are you on with this? Maybe we should just go with what we liked, which was 
the side and the total, and then we just move on, you know? Because if we'd have done that, we'd have just cleaned up. Well, the Super Bowl is all about bet sizing in my mind. Because I, I, I went a little more overboard than you did. I had 27 bets when it was all said and done on the Super Bowl. However, my six biggest bets were side in total. And, and that's really what saved me there. Because I ended up going, I believe it was 18 and 9 on overall bets. But with those six biggest on the side in total, it was an absolutely phenomenal day for me with the Super Bowl. We could have somehow kept that game under 38. If they decided to not go crazy in the fourth quarter in overtime, would have been the best football game of my life. But... We're still, you got to love the result there. But the key there is, is figuring out what you know best and playing that with sizing. A lot of people talk about that even flat bet across the board. And I disagree with that. I think you've got to look at where is your biggest advantage, play those biggest advantages. And if you want to play props, have fun with it, but don't go crazy. If you're not a prop player on week 14, you shouldn't be a huge prop player on the Super Bowl. Guys, it is the new old version of the show. And if you were with us whenever we were transitioning into NFL season, you know how we started off each and every program. And that was with the high five. All right, classic. It's time for the Handles High Five. High five. All right. Number one. It is the five things we are looking forward to betting on here in this Saturday of the 17th of February, in which we don't have football anymore, where we're going to sit here and go like, okay, what are we going to bet on? And listen, we mentioned NFL opening markets out there, Mike. These are things that have already populated. And guys, if you go to DraftKings Sportsbook and you click that NFL tab, it doesn't look all that lonely, actually. I, you can you can still feel some love whenever you click that NFL tab over on DraftKings Sportsbook. Tons of markets that are popping up, and we'll talk about several of those over the course of this program here but you know Mike obviously we talked about it because they hit as soon as we were getting done with the Super Bowl you're looking at futures odds to win Super Bowl next year now the conference winners up to make the playoff is up we have awards markets we got the draft markets we got all of that so while the NFL has gone from us for a while we can still bet on this thing and tons of different markets available for us to do so well, I, I like that you were, there's a ton of love there because Jordan Love, sitting at 12 to 1 in the MVP <laughs> market already, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be hot for the MVP. We've got the Packers sitting at 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, another team that I think is going to get a lot of action this year. And Matt, I've got some bad news for you. Oh, boy. You're going to have to hear me talk about the Chiefs all next year. I bet them at 7.5 to 1 when I was in Vegas there on Monday of last week. Already got my Super Bowl team in there. We talked about the Rams a little bit, 35 to 1. I think that's an interesting number. Seattle sitting at 60 to 1, another interesting number. But there's definitely plays that you can make already inside these markets. The key is when you're looking for them, you got to try and find value. One of the reasons I locked Kansas City in at 7 to 1, I believe they're going to make a move in the wide receiver market. And if they do, that 7.5 to 1 disappears. We've already seen it move down to 6.5 to 1 at DraftKings. I think they end up being a co favorite with San Francisco after the offseason. Yeah, we will certainly look again at this number, at these numbers, because these have moved since you know last week. I mean, this is the cool thing, I guess, about the fact that we're legal in thirty plus states now when it comes to DraftKings Sportsbook. Mike, is that this stuff is is used to be? It would one, it wouldn't be up this early anyway. But, but like, if if even if it would have been up, you only had a couple places to bet it. The odds are going to stay the same. They stay stale for the longest amount of time because there's not enough volume going on. There's not enough people betting into these markets. But now with all these states legal, all these people coming in all these people clicking that nfl tab like we're telling them to do they see this we've already seen a lot of these numbers move here just in a week removed from the super bowl you gotta love it it's great (laughs) i mean i I love the fact that we get these futures so early now you can start attacking these markets before the offseason before the draft before we see a bunch of trades because you can get value if you can kind of project out of what these teams are going to do and who is going to make the right moves lions are another team i'm looking at sitting at 12 to 1 there what are they going to do with their secondary if they can improve that defense with everybody coming back on offense that's another interesting team can't wait to dive into these more as the show goes on matt and as you mentioned we're going to talk some college basketball yeah, we got a couple monster games today in college hoops. Everyone's eyes are going to be on this Marquette-UConn game. Right now, UConn is seven-point favorite. It tips off at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, so right after this show ends. Uh, you've got UConn, who is, I would say, undisputedly the number one team in the nation. But Marquette, one of the teams that is up and coming, catching a ton of love in the professional markets as well. you got number four at number one today. Total right now sitting at 147.5. 
This is actually one of those games that I've gotten a tip from a syndicate. They are on the over, so I know there's a lot of sharp money going toward the over in this spot. Other big game today that I'm really looking forward to watching is the Kansas versus Oklahoma game. Two teams that are in the Big 12, which is an absolute gauntlet this year. Right now, Kansas 7-5 and five in conference, Oklahoma 6-6. Six and six. They're both going to make the tournament. This is a huge game for seeding, though, specifically for Oklahoma. They've got this one at home. They're two-and-a-half-point dogs. If they can come through here, it's going to boost them up that seedings, move, seedings ladder, and it's going to be key for them later in the season. Let's move on here and talk a little golf. Number three. So the Genesis Invitational going on over in California, and if you were tuning in because you wanted to see the return of Tiger Woods, hopefully you watched day one. Because if you watched day two, you saw him actually leaving the course on a golf cart because he withdrew from the event. This is kind of sad for me, Samich, because this is a guy that didn't play since last April and he felt good enough to come back for the Genesis. Of course, this is the tournament that he hosts and he's the one who's given out those invites in the invitational of the name. And, you know, if if he can't even make it through two rounds, it does make you wonder about the future for Tiger Woods. Patrick Cantley, by the way, five stroke lead in that tournament, minus 165 to take it down. Um, But, you know, the big story here is just that Tiger couldn't make it. Tiger couldn't get through the two rounds. And if he can't get through two rounds, how is he ever going to get through four rounds? And if he can't, even if he can't get through four rounds, can he honestly even compete at this point? And so I, you know, it happens. We've seen it with all of our favorite athletes as us growing up. You and I are of the age where we have seen guys come. We've seen them peak. We've seen them go. And I think we're kind of getting to that point now with Tiger where this comeback, this miracle stuff that we're talking about, the fuse back and the ankles and all the things that he's surgeries had left and right. I just don't know if it's going to be enough. And we probably have seen kind of the last of any semblance of Tiger Woods on the golf course. Yeah, it was pretty tough yesterday mm-hmm. to watch him kind of ride off into the sunset on that golf cart golf cart. You, you want to see him compete. You want to see him play. It seems like it's very far fetched to expect him to win another event now in his PGA career. Hopefully we'll get him back in some of the majors and, and see what he can do there. I know he's going to point toward the Masters U.S. Open tournaments that he's had a lot of success before and where he wants to extend that majors record that he has. But it's tough watching him go down like this because you like this is one of those just absolutely inspirational guys from my childhood where you watch him. You remember the 16th at Augusta and the chip in that he made there. I mean, just so many top moments from Tiger Woods, career. It's it's a bummer to see him go out like this. Let's keep it rolling. Number four. We're going to talk a little NBA all-star, a little uh, NBA all-star weekend. There's multiple different ways you can bet this thing. I'll put it this way. There's a game where the total's got the 364. So, I mean, like, whatever. You know, do your best at handicapping that, but we'll talk a little bit of a dunk contest as well with all of that. And then we'll round out the top five here. Number five. UFC 290. Eight. We'll get into that here on the other side as well, Mike. This is a really good pay-per-view card and maybe some names that people aren't incredibly familiar with but should have some good fights. Yeah, it should be a good time. Got a deep card here, a lot of good fights. I actually found two bets here in the UFC. You should be proud of me, Matt. There we go. I love it. We'll talk about that here on the other side as well. Matt Brown, Mike Samich coming to you on the new old version of the handle. And this is where we're going to be with you all the way up until football season. Come on back. Let's talk to me, UFC 298. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, if you head on over to VSIN.com and you take a look at VSIN.com slash guide, we have put up an NBA primer and you're going to say, wait, wait a minute, NBA primer. This is halfway through the season. Yes, we, we understand, but there are a lot of people out there who only bet the NFL. And when the NFL is over, they're looking around, they're going, what do I do now? Well, guess what? We're going to help you out. We're going to get you caught up on what's been going on in the NBA season to date. So head on over there. Our very smart cappers, JBT, Kelly Bidlin, Zach Cohen, all these guys that are following the NBA day in and day out, give you all of the stuff you need to get caught up and go in and start betting the association confidently. VEASAN.com slash guide for our NBA betting primer. And Mike, it's one of those things where we say it jokingly here at the network, but it kind of really is true where we've now moved into other sports season because it's it's there are a lot of people who bet nothing and nothing but NFL. And when the NFL is going, hey, it's very easy because it's once a week. Well, yeah, whatever. I know the Thursday night football, on it, but you get what I'm saying. Like, there's it's, it's something that you can just kind of like throughout the course of the week, you can get caught up on, you can handicap throughout the course of the week. It's much easier of a lift than it is these sports that happen every single day. And so you get outside of NFL season and people start looking around, like looking at new sports. So something like a betting primer, just getting caught up on the NBA. Cause there's a lot of people out there that might've watched sports center and kind of seen who's winning and stuff, but you don't really know what's been going on. So you can get caught up really quickly. You can. And the NBA, one of those, one of those markets where it's tough to follow every night. And yeah. so it's important that you get some way to get updated. Who's in, who's out, who's playing well, what teams are up and coming. Uh, it seems like Oklahoma city where they were not nearly as well relevant last year, a very important team this year and how the West is going to play out. So you got to kind of jump back into it. And it's, it's a different style of betting too. I mean, NFL, you've got these, these 17 weeks where you're jumping in, you're playing games on Sunday. You may have some bets on those Thursday, Saturday and Monday night games as well, but there's so much more variance. It feels like when you're playing NHL, when you're playing college basketball, when you're playing the NBA, because you have four or five bets every single night. And so it's important to not overextend on these different sports, be able to understand it's a long, long season. You've got 82 games, the NHL, 82 games, the NBA versus that 17 in the NFL. So you just got to focus in on, on making sure you don't get too high or too low when you're playing these sports and make sure you're caught up, right? You don't have to jump right in. You can take a little bit of time, catch yourself up and then start diving in when you feel ready. It is the handle here on Visa and DraftKings Network. Matt Brown, Mike Samich coming to you here on a Saturday, proudly brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. And whenever you look at that NBA primer, you're going to see if you haven't been paying attention, you're going to be like, what, what do you mean? The, 
what do you mean the Minnesota Timberwolves are in first place in the Western Conference? Wait, wait, what do you mean the Warriors are in 10th and struggling to stay in into the playoff contingent? Oh, the Lakers are in ninth. Yeah, that's that's the state of the NBA right now. And if you haven't been paying attention, as Mike just mentioned, the Thunder are really good. By the way, we thought that the Suns and Nuggets would be good. They are. We didn't know maybe that the Clippers are going to be as good as they are. They are as well. And the Pelicans actually find themselves in the sixth slot right now as we sit here on a Saturday over in the Western Conference. So it's there, there's some catching up to do, Mike, for sure. If you had no idea that the minute, you know, that we're sitting here with the Minnesota Timberwolves being the number one team in the West. Yeah, I thought that Rudy Gobert trade was awful. <laughs> and here we are with two bigs and cat shooting threes and Anthony Edwards popping off out of nowhere. Uh, it's a very, very fun West. The East interesting, too. You've got the Knicks that are back involved. It's going to be a fun race down to the down to the finish here. And, and one of the more interesting betting markets as well, because you have teams like the Nuggets you mentioned where, you know, everyone assumes, OK, they're going to be very good again. And they are. But they haven't really fully turned it on either. And then you've got the new wrinkle in the awards market. you got to play 65 games to be eligible for some of these awards. So we've seen the MVP be absolutely jumbled up and beat a heavy favorite earlier this year out with an injury. He's not going to play 65 games, so he's going to be out of this spot. So you've got to keep an eye on those awards markets as well and the new restrictions on what it takes to be able to win them. Over in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics up by six games over there as producer Steph probably does a fist pump back there behind the glass with all of that. So let's go ahead and move into UFC 298. It's going down tonight. The free portion you can find the prelims and then you will have to pay if you want the big fights. If you want the big five, it is on pay-per-view or find your local watering hole that is going to allow you to suck down their over overpriced beers while you are being able to uh, take in the UFC. Well, let, let's start on the on the undercard. And, and Mike, I don't know if you saw anything here on the undercard. For me, it's a lot of guys with very little with, with very little data. And I, I like to have sample size. I like to be able to go and look and, and kind of see what these guys are all about when I'm trying to break things down. So I didn't find a ton. I mean, the feature prelim is going to be Amanda Lamosh against Mackenzie Dern. There is at least some some tape and some stats on on them. But outside of that, nothing I really saw. I, I you know, I kind of like Dern as a slight dog in this one, but I don't know if there's a ton of value. I think her cardio is going to be a little bit better than Lamosh. I think that if Dern is able to get any sort of takedown, the thing is she's a jujitsu wizard, but the problem is is she doesn't get people down very well. She's sub 15% takedown percentage in, in the UFC, but I listened to her talk this week, seems a little bit more focused. She had some stuff kind of going on outside of the cage. And, you know, look, as a professional athlete, I know you're supposed to leave that alone and do your job when you go in. But when you got, you know, divorces and things and coaches and splitting up with your coaches and all that, like, I can only imagine that it would creep into your professional life as well as a professional fighter. So I, I don't know. It's, I'm not in love with it. Is there anything that you saw on the uh, on the undercard that you liked? Well, you hit the nail on the head, man. Like I'm, I'm not a huge UFC guy, right? I'd say I'm about a three out of 10, four out of 10 on the UFC. And, and I'm a huge data guy. I rely on data. And when I looked at the undercard, there's just not that much of mm -hmm. it. I mean, a lot of fighters who, who don't have the, the lengthy fight, a number of fights that I want to be able to look at so I can see, Hey, is this more of a submission person? Is this going to go the distance? How, what have they done in the past? So for me, the undercard was a tough one to bet. So let's head into the main card here. And I know that as uh, you did your research or whatever, you ended up landing on Anthony Hernandez. Yeah, I did. And this is one of those spots where I just felt like you have an edge here, especially with Hernandez able to get uh, get to this fight to the ground. He's won seven fights by submission. He's someone who is going to want to be able to wrestle and in this spot. I think he's got a pretty big edge over Kapalov, who only has one submission win in his UFC career. Right now, Hernandez is a slight favorite or pretty heavy favorite, actually sitting at two minus 245. I don't really want to go that direction. I don't think this fight goes the distance, but you can get Hernandez right now plus 180 on the submission side. So I went Hernandez plus 180 submission. We did not talk before the show today. Of course, Mike doing this from home and I, uh, I ended up on the same, uh, I ended up on the same side here. I just took Hernandez um, in a, I get minus 245 is not in everyone's bankroll, but if it is, I, I like him just, just straight up pre-fight here. And then I think a submission bet is, is perfectly fine as well. I think if it's all said and done, if Coppola can get this done in the first round, then it really, really goes to, to Hernandez. Hernandez is going to keep that pressure going and probably try and, and, and push this thing to where a just kind of gets gas and can't do anything. So I ended up on the same one as you, as we move down the odds a little bit here, we do have Henry Cejudo and Marab Devashvili 
this one to me is a question of is Cejudo too old now? Has he lost a step? Is this going to be the fight where he truly gets exposed? He's plus 225 underdog. He's already said if he loses, he's going to retire. I was screaming from a mountaintop, what are you doing, you know, sitting out three years in your prime, and then now you're coming back as kind of an an older fighter. Uh, Mike, I know, listen, minus 278 is not in everyone's bankroll as well. I really like Marab in this one. I think this is something maybe, though, you could add into a parlay, and that's one of the things about about UFC, right? I, 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 I will advocate for parlays in the UFC to make it more palatable for a lot of bankrolls out there because, listen, it's it's tough to lay one, to minus 278 for, for a lot of people, but you can pair this up with somebody else and get this pretty close to even money, and I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about Hernandez. If you want to go Hernandez and Marab here, you're looking at about plus 105 on the two for a parlay. And so then you don't have to worry about the submission mm-hmm. in the first fight for Hernandez, which I like at plus 180. I agree with you. Age is actually a really interesting part of this card. We'll get to that in the main event bout with a, a champion over 35 fighting. They're two and 23 so far in championship bouts. But uh, for this one, it was a pass for me. So let's get to uh, one of the other ones that did make your card here. Let's talk about Whitaker and Costa and what you like about the uh, the round betting. Yeah, this one just feels like it's going to go the distance for me. Mm-hmm. Costa is going to try and knock Whitaker out. Uh, but Whitaker, very good defensively. He's going to force Costa to be able to try and get close to him. And Costa, not as effective when he is as close to Whitaker. Whitaker, just a, a, the more wily vet here, I feel like. And Whitaker not ha- doesn't have a ton of power. So even though Costa doesn't defend well, I don't think Whitaker is going to be able to knock him down. I think this one goes over the two and a half rounds right now, sitting at minus 150. So a little juiced up there, but I think it's a pretty safe play here. If I did take anything on the side, I'd take Whitaker by decision. But to me, the over two and a half rounds is safer bet. We will talk much more of this card with Ben Folks a little bit later in the program, but the main event coming down, and you said we're going to be talking about age. Alexander Volkanovsky, Ilya Tapuria, and this is, you know, the big thing. Volk is making fun of his age, showing up as, as old Volk at the at the press conferences and the weigh-ins and things like that because he has gotten up there in age, and typically these lighter weight fighters, the older they get, they really, really drop off, and it drops off really, really rapidly. Uh, 27 years of age to Puria versus 35 years of age for Volkanovsky. So as you said, this has kind of been the, the running thing all week long. Yeah, the fighters in championship bouts under 175, just 2 and 23 over the age of 35. Both of those wins came at the highest weight class of 120 of, of 175, both by the same fighter. So we're going to see if Volkanovski can really turn the tables on this age conversation. We will talk about this again a little bit later. I'm on Tapuria. We'll talk about why I'm on Tapuria a little bit later. But Aaron Moore going to join us here on the other side. Let's talk everything that's going on in college basketball. with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, you looking to bet some college basketball out there? We'll let VSIN help you out doing that. If you become a VSIN Pro subscriber today, you're going to get that daily best bets email where we get the recap of all the stuff that not only guys like me and Mike sit here and blab about all day long, but our guests as well. You get a recap of that in your inbox, 24-7 video access. You get the College Hoops betting guide, which can certainly help you as we head into the tournament bracket breakdowns, plus, of course, all of the articles and everything else that we do over on VEASAN.com. So head to VEASAN.com slash pro today to take advantage of all of that. Matt and Mike here coming to you on a Saturday morning. Going to be coming to you in the mornings here moving forward and we are happy to be joined by Aaron Moore he is a sports media professor at Ryder University also a vison.com contributor to talk some college basketball Aaron thanks for the time today man appreciate it thank you very much Matt and Mike for having me it's a great day for college basketball it's in the north I'm in the northeast here it's in the afternoon it's a snowy day no reason to go outside no reason to shovel Let's watch and bet college basketball. <laughs> I like it. We do have five games that are already going right now. Did you have any thoughts on any of those? And if so, maybe we can kind of get our, our listeners and viewers in there, maybe on a live bet or something. Yeah, on the games going on right now, I've got my YouTube TV with a multi-screen. <laughs> and on one of the screens, I've got Nebraska-Penn State. I took the under there because it's an 11 a.m. Central tip-off. So I'm rooting for no baskets there. On the other side, I took the over in Wake Forest 
Virginia took that at 130, hoping for baskets there, thinking that that Wake Forest offense could keep up with Virginia. Virginia's defense, the starting, it started out well. I think the scoring has really slowed down. Now let's uh, let's jump into another under that you like here. I know that that Nebraska Penn State one looking pretty good. You you like the Stanford and Washington State under as well. That one's right now sitting at one forty five. Want to talk a little bit about that game? Yeah, looking at that one, it's interesting, Mike. Where I think just in the grand scheme of things, Washington State is the most overlooked team in college basketball right now. So I like what they're doing defensively, and one of the ways that I'm handicapping at this point of the season is you have to think about the lines. They have been established very much. So I'm looking at recent performance and I'm taking the under here because I don't think Stanford is going to do their part here. Stanford is averaging about 75 points a game, but in the last six games, that's, that's fallen down to about 70 points in the high sixties. So I don't think the Stanford offense is going to keep up here. I like Washington state. I like what they do. They play a slow pace on offense. They're efficient on offense, but it's a slow pace. So my play here is not the side. I want to go against Stanford. So I'm taking the under, I got it at one forty-five and a half. and a half. It's varied a little, but I think it has gotten steady at one forty-five and a half. Talking to Aaron Moore. He is a VEASAN.com contributor for us, talking some college basketball. Aaron, before we get into another one of your picks, just overall, Mike and I, kind of a theme of this show over the next couple of days is really there's going to be people kind of parachuting in from the NFL, right? I mean, they they basically paid attention to nothing but football for the last six months. And they're like, okay, I want a little bit of money. I want to get in and, and start doing this. As you go in and you start handicapping these college basketball games each and every day, is there any sort of tip that you give to people when they ask you, hey, I want to get into to college basketball. I know I hadn't been watching, you know, and I know we're kind of heading down to the, the, the stretch run here. Is there a tip that you give them to kind of help them get into college basketball as we move out of the NFL season? Uh, man, I think the main thing just by the tip from the daily play is it's really been a great season for underdogs. So if you're unsure, I mean, really – I, I like the point just in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Underdogs have done very well this year. Looking at it, and maybe people who don't bet college basketball, but they're transitioning from the NFL, they're probably going to look at the futures market. And I would think one of the main tips, if you're getting in right now, is this is almost the fulcrum time of the season. That earlier on, that was when you get your money down in the futures market. You look at teams that are undervalued. At this point, we have our bracketologists, all of them giving our seedings. We kind of have an idea about who's going to be slotted where, who the top seeds are going to be. So if you're looking to jump into the futures market, I would have one of two things. Either hold your money until Selection Sunday, when obviously you can see who needs to beat who to win a national championship, or focus on teams that you want in pocket, that their odds are going to change over the next three or four weeks. Don't just start taking favorites. Look for teams that are going to have a big variance in odds when Selection Sunday comes out. So you're either taking teams that are going to have a big drop in odds or just wait until Selection Sunday if you're going to play the futures market. I love that look, Aaron. We've we've got one of those teams today that I know a lot of people have focused in on. Number four, Marquette, currently twenty-two to one to win the title. They're heading to UConn, who's your current betting favorite at plus six fifty. UConn a seven and a half point favorite. Total sitting there at uh, I believe it's one forty-three and a half in that spot. Uh, do you have anything on this game? Most eyes are going to be on this one. Do you have any leans? I know you don't have an official bet, but this is going to be that marquee game. Do you like anything? You know what? I didn't, uh, Mike, I didn't play this one at all because I, I could, I, it just, when you handicap once again, at this time, it's situational. It is really hard to go against UConn. I want to take the point. I want to take the over just thinking about that situation, but I decided not to play this game just because the way UConn has been playing their defense. I, I've just avoided this one. This, to me, is, is a good game to sit down and just watch because these are two teams come Selection Sunday. We assume UConn is going to be a one seed. We assume Marquette is going to be a two seed. So I think this is a good game. If you don't have action, you might be seeing a Final Four team or perhaps two Final Four teams. Aaron, let's go to a flipped favorite situation, one that you do have in your account. Middle Tennessee hosts UTEP. Now, Middle Tennessee favored by a point and a half. You got a better number in this one, but what did you like about Middle Tennessee? 
Well, I don't really like anything about Middle mm. Tennessee, and I don't even like anything about Utah. So these are two pretty poor teams. I took Middle Tennessee State just as a play in the sense UTEP is 0-8 on the road. UTEP is in the middle of Conference USA. I'm seeing this as possible a look-ahead for UTEP. They play uh, Louisiana Tech and Sam Houston next week. I just think it's a bad spot. These are two middle to bottom-of-the-pack teams but I don't like an 0-8 team going on the road giving points. So I got Middle Tennessee State last night, and now it's flipped. So I feel a little bit better with that CLV. But this is really just going against a team that started out as the favorite, even though they were 0-8 on the road. Uh, let's transition over to one of the, the best mid-major conferences in America. The Mountain West has been phenomenal all season this year. Nevada actually just took a tough loss to New Mexico State. We saw them lose come out and lose last night to San Diego state in a hard fought game, Nevada now heading in to take on the hometown UNLV team. I know there's a lot of people behind the glass interested in this one. Who you got tonight? So Mike, as I said, Washington state, I think is one of the most overlooked teams in college basketball. Well, maybe UNLV, those hometown rebels are the second most overlooked team in college basketball. I like this sense of UNLV eight and three at home, five straight wins. And I think this is, once again, looking at it from a situational substitution, Nevada, a situational handicap, Nevada's four and three on the road, but I think they've just gone through one of the difficult parts of that Mountain West schedule. They won at Utah State. They go OT against San Diego State. They lose that game Tuesday to New Mexico. So I think you're getting the Rebels at home in a good situation, obviously one of their biggest rivals you're getting nevada off those tough games on the road unlv is hot i just think it's a really good situation for unlv here let's go to a google game i call these a google game people have no idea what the mascot is of the team or where it's located or anything like that let's go to mary mac and liu and if you're wondering liu is long island university and they are the sharks and merrimack is coming in as the warriors uh let's go let's go to this one you dug deep so the other people so the people don't have to what do you like in this one now, I love Northeast Conference games. You take your Big Ten, the <laughs> SEC. I'm going to focus on the Northeast Conference. I took the under here, 139. And Merrimack really is one of the best defensive teams in the country. And I think you're getting a good number. These two teams played a couple weeks ago, and it was 82-79, way over that 139. But you look at that 139 number. Since December 19th, only three Merrimack games have gone over 139 and one of those was 140 so i thinking i think you get these two teams playing again you get merrimack at home that magic number of 139 i like the under here and just as another way of looking at teams i think from a basketball handicapping standpoint there's so many teams out there. There's so many mid-major low-conference teams that if you look at the Merrimack type of game, you're not going to get a lot of public action. And there is where you hope to get a number that really hasn't been hammered by the book, hammered by the public, and you might be able to get a number that's favorable. I didn't lie to you. I don't care what the graphic says. They're the Long Island Sharks, not the Blackbirds. I don't know how that made it on the graph. It is Aaron Moore. Appreciate the insight here, buddy, and good luck on all the games today. Thank you very much, guys. Good luck to you. Mike, we're going to come back. We're going to make sure that it is the Long Island Sharks. I, I, I can't imagine that they're the Blackbirds. I, th I think it's the Sharks. Talk a little golf when we get here. As well here on a Saturday. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you are listening to us and currently do not have a DraftKings Sportsbook account, head to the App Store, download DraftKings Sportsbook, and when you do, use promo code VSIN when you make your first deposit. You're going to put that money in, and then you're going to go make a bet. And if that bet happens to not hit, we are going to give it back to you in bonus bets up to $1,000. If you want to deposit $100 and bet $100, we'll give you $100 in bonus bets back. If it doesn't hit up, $500, $500, or all the way up to $1,000 on your first bet. If you deposit using the promo code VEASAN, go in, download DraftKings Sportsbook today to take advantage of this offer. Matt Brown, Mike Samich coming to you here on the handle. And Mike, I've gone in, power of Google. It is, in fact, the Sharks. I guess it came to our attention that they were were at one time the Blackbirds, but Long Island University, it is a private university established in 1926. It is... They are blue and gold. They are the Sharks. They are, their motto is to the city and to the world. So Long Island University Sharks, to the city and to the world. I got a lot of questions, Matt. Uh-huh. I mean, first off, why were we originally the Blackbirds on Long Island? Not a lot of Blackbirds <laughs> there. And what made it switch to the Sharks? They're like, you don't want Sharks in Long Island. That's not a good thing. And I've never seen a gold shark either. So I just a lot of questions for this school on the mascot choices. It is uh it, it it is apparently also home to the George Polk Awards ceremony in journalism each and every year. Uh, you and I obviously up for several of those uh, this this year. Yeah, I've already been working on my acceptance speech for yeah. our our Super Bowl post game show. So hopefully we get uh, we get invited back. It, it's listen, it's those those Polk Awards on the calendar every year for us. You know, we got to head on over there to Long Island University. All right, so if you tuned into the Genesis this week because you wanted to see Tiger come back, uh, hopefully again you tuned in on Thursday. Unfortunately, had to withdraw yesterday after just six holes. His back is just not holding up. If you were watching the highlights, everyone showed. Tiger Woods, he's he's human. He's just like you and me. Completely shank a shot out there on the course at Riviera. And, it, you know, he said afterwards, he's like, just my back locked up. I couldn't turn. And so when you do that, you, you just absolutely shank it. The way that they set this up, Mike, is they kind of wanted it to be a no-cut event masked as a cut event. It was 70 people started. 50 in ties made the cut or anybody within 10 strokes of the lead. Well, Patrick Cantlay went out and decided that he was going to make sure that there was a cut in this event because he goes 13 under through the first two rounds and definitely made it to where there was a 10-stroke difference between he and the people at the bottom of the leaderboard. So we did end up having a cut in this event. And one of the names that ended up getting cut 
was Justin Thomas, a very popular name heading into this tournament because he had been playing very well considering last year was kind of an aberration for for him. Up and down season, mostly down for Justin Thomas. It looked like he had gotten on the right track and he'd figured everything's out, f- figured everything out. But he was one of the few guys that actually got cut in this thing. And Jordan Spieth ends up getting disqualified because he signed a scorecard that apparently had a wrong score on it. Mike, I could rant on this for days about, I mean, why are we doing this? Everyone knows what he shot. It's on the screen. Everybody, who cares what he signed? It's so dumb. But so now we'd have no Tiger. We have no Justin Thomas. And we also have no Jordan Spieth because he signed a scorecard that had a wrong score on it. It's wild. We can figure out the trajectory of a ball off a club, the ball (laughs) club head speed, the ball speed all in real time. Yet we make players sign scorecards. It's right <laughs> yeah. up there with the NFL chain gang where we yeah. can't just like figure out, hey, did they gain 10 yards? Well, let's put a chip in the football. Mm-hmm. We're doing all these other advanced numbers. Why can't we do it? It still shocks me that players have to sign their own scorecard. And, and that's a thing here. But hey, that's not here or there. It happened. It's a rule. Speeds out. And you mentioned it. Look, Cantlay absolutely dominating right now. He's up five on the field. Minus 165 favorite heading into today's round. I, I know you've had some Will Zalatoris, 70 to one coming in. I tailed you a little bit there. So I'd like uh, like Willie Z to, to pick it up a little bit. Currently sitting, uh, what is it, seven strokes back here. You're going to have to go low. First question for you, Matt. Mm. Any chance Cantlay loses this? Are you have any interest in anybody else chasing him? The the thing about this right now with the five stroke lead is, you know, the kind of the rounds of the day have been in that five, six under range. So even if he just shoots par, he's still going to be probably in the final grouping heading into to Sunday. So it's kind of like, I mean, in theory, could he blow it? I guess. But the thing is, he would still have a chance on Sunday to be playing for it no matter what, because kind of the round of the day each day has kind of been that five, six under. No one's really pushed anything beyond that. And so with it, I mean, look, Cantlay, I said it on the podcast. Wes Reynolds, by the way, does have Cantlay on his outright card. I, I put in a FOMO first round leader bet on him. And, and fortunately that got home. So I, I feel pretty good about it. But Mike, it, it's can't no, no guy has shown up more in my model and gotten less of my betting money than Patrick Cantlay. And it has strictly to do with bias and personal bias that I've got to get over because I don't like watching him play. I don't like his facial expressions. I don't like much about the dude. And so I don't bet on him. And it's probably to my detriment because it's just like, I'm sitting here. I said to Wes on the podcast, I go, I'm glad you bet him because I can't do it. And this guy's literally in the top five of every version of every model that I built for this week. And I just can't bring myself to do it. So uh, Cantlay with the five stroke lead, I think it would be a, pretty big aberration again it would just be what i can't it's not supposed to have weather weather maybe coming in and causing some havoc or something whatever like that that would be the only way i see him not pulling this thing out yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. A five-stroke lead, pretty tough here when you're not seeing anyone shoot, you know, the mm. low 60s, right, where you're going to have those big switch rounds, swing rounds that we've seen over the past couple tournaments. Uh, let's look at the, the top five and top mm-hmm. ten then. That Those are two markets that are both still available over on DraftKings.com. Right now, you're sitting second place. You have a T2 at, at minus eight. 22 players sitting there between minus four and minus eight. So a lot of different players that could jump up. Do you have anyone that you're targeting for top five that you want to get involved in or top ten right now? Yeah, so one thing you can do if you're looking to bet golf in-game, right? The one thing that you can do, you can go in and you kind of look at these statistics in-game and see if there's any major outliers. And this is not only for a bet on, but it can also be for a bet against. And because they put up head-to-heads for each individual round and you can go in and kind of see like, okay, is there something that there's just no way that this could be that there's just no way that this could could be equal, you know, in rounds three and round four, or just if you're just betting around three type deal and stuff. So you typically go in and look, did someone putt exceptionally well or exceptionally terribly? Because usually with putting, there are guys who are known to be good putters. There are guys who are known to be bad putters, but typically the general PGA player falls somewhere in the middle and they can get hot with a putter or they can get cold with a putter. So putter putting just kind of sways both ways. And so if you see a guy, for example, I mean, he, he ended up, he ended up getting disqualified, but let's just use Jordan Spieth. For example, he lost four, 3.56 strokes to the field putting yesterday. That's just 
not going to happen yet again. And then on the flip side, Xander gained three and a half strokes on the field putting yesterday. So these are type of things that you can go in, Mike, and you, you look at and you say, is this something that can be repeatable in round three? Or is this something that, look, this guy just ran on the right side of variance. And you would say that for both of those guys because they're, the, they're, they're at the extreme cases, right? Neither are known for being exceptionally good or exceptionally bad putters. It's just one ran like the sun and one ran super ridiculously bad. And so that's one way you can kind of attack these round three, round three markets, round three, round four markets is just going in and finding the outliers. Now, one player jumped out to me. I'd love to know what, what the stats look like for this week. I, I played Rory McIlroy top five. I don't know how many times, probably six times last year <laughs> after he had a, a weaker first and second round. This week shot 74 in the first round, 66 in the second. Right now he's tied for 12th, two under through four holes so far today, sitting at plus 450 there to make the top five. He's one of those golfers that seems to play really well on Sunday when he's not at the top of yeah. the leaderboard and kind of makes those charges. Should I get that plus 450 in the account on Rory right now for top five? Yeah, so he, he so in that in that first round, he's cruising along, he's T5, and then all of a sudden the rails just just went off on the final five holes. Like he was doing exceptionally well. This course fits his game really good. And so you like you said, you look at those stats, he's putting basically even to the field. So he's not losing or gaining really at all. If you look, his approach, not really losing or gaining, anything like that. So I think Rory's best golf for this tournament, you just mentioned he's already two under through four on the day. It's kind of in front of him for this tournament, for sure. Around the green, he's actually lost nearly a stroke where he's typically pretty good around the green as well. So if anything, I think Rory's best golf is yet to come in this one over the over the weekend, as opposed to what we've seen over the first two days. I like it. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get some Roy. Plus, uh, I, I bet I can get top 10 and plus my still, but the top five plus 450, I think, is, uh, is one I'm going to put in the account here during the next break. Yeah, he is certainly the guy that could go four under today, five under today, and then come back again, go four under, five under again tomorrow. And with that, that would certainly get him into that range for you out there. But again, Patrick Cantlay, your, your minus 165 favorite to win this thing. That said, there are some juicy numbers, as Mike just mentioned, not only on the top five market, there are live top 10 markets even out there. And remember, at this point, we've moved to the weekend. There's only 51 golfers left. So when you are going in and you're betting on these top five, top 10, remember the guy's only competing against 50 other golfers if you were trying to get that into your account. If you've been watching this handle program, you remember we used to do a bunch of good news, bad news. That was one of our favorite little segments here on the show. Well, we're bringing it back in the new old version here of the handle. Good news, bad news when we come back. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.